Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. For just a few moments, I'd like to talk to you about who's going to fill their shoes. Now, I know y'all probably don't know that, but that's a, a runoff on, where's Brother Larry? It's a runoff off on the George Jones song, but I want you to know up front that I don't listen to country music, but a lot of my inspiration, Brother Kenny, I get from sweeping. I've, it's always been that way. I've got, I'm a sweepaholic, and I clean house after honey goes to work, Sister Chelsea. And I was sweeping the other morning, Sister Mary, and the Lord uh, just run this through my mind, and, uh, and we'll get to that in just a few minutes. If you'll join me in John chapter 9, verse 4. Some Saturdays ago, I had an opportunity to read the scripture at my brother-in-law's funeral. And I was watching uh, YouTube, Brother Mike Williams was preaching and said that some friends of his, Brother Chris, had called him, wanted to know what he was going to be preaching Sunday morning. He said one of them said that he was going to preach when the night cometh when no man can work. I thought, man, Brother Brian, that just hit me hard. Amen. It just because there's coming a night, church. Who's going to fill their shoes? John nine and four reads, "I must work the works of Him that sent me, while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. The night cometh when no man can work." Join me in prayer, precious Jesus. Church said amen in Jesus' name, and you can be seated. Amen. amen. There's coming a night, Brother JT, that we won't be able to do anything else for the Lord than what we've done. Aren't you thankful the Bible said that God's not, he does not forget our labor of love, Sister Susan. Whatever you and I have done for the Lord, it's written down somewhere in a book of remembrance. I'm thankful for that, but I tell you, when I, when I, and by the grace of God, I, I, I preached a few funerals, Brother Danny, but I must admit that day when I looked out there and I, I seen um, my sister-in-law just sitting there crying, and it just broke my heart, and uh, my brother-in-law's brother was there, and he was just a crying, and and I, but I really believe, Sister Lana, that, that God was dealing with his heart. It was more than just the loss of his brother that that I think maybe the word of God, because you know the word of God has a way of getting in there, amen, and start doing a work, Sister Amy. And I believe the Lord was talking to him because what I, I tried to say, Brother Chavo, was that, that all that we have here, Sister Kathy, is not going to matter. 
when that day comes, there's night and we'll work no more. Sister Sherry, it won't matter. It won't matter what we've accumulated, how many toys we picked up, how many toys we don't have, Sister Sherry. All that's going to matter is what we've done for the Lord at that time. Amen? And so I also thought about how in Galatians 5 and 16 and 17, it says, this I say then, Paul writing, said, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. I just wonder if it's just me, Sister Danielle, or maybe some of y'all might would agree with me that there's times in my life that I really want to do a work for the Lord. I really wake up with good intention, Sister Shanna, doing something, telling somebody about the Lord. But it don't always work out that way, Brother Jack. It don't always. I, I, I looked up today, there was twice that Paul wrote in his writing in the New Testament, said that he was hindered. He wanted to go somewhere, Brother Kenny, and see somebody. But one of those scriptures, it said, Satan had hindered me. Can I tell you, Brother Allen, Satan will do whatever he can do to stop the work of the ministry. Can I tell you, but if, if, and Brother Larry read this scripture, and we're going to get to it in just a minute. In Hebrews 12 and 1, it says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witness. Can I tell you, Brother Toby, if we look around and see, as Pastor would say, they're not only the people that's in the B-I-B-L-E, but people that we know one-on-one. Brother Chris, that's walked this walk, that's kept the faith, that, that, that's not denied the faith, that, that's kept their eyes on Jesus and they're going to make the landing safely. Can I tell you that there's folks that's been in my life, Sister Amy, that, that God's put in my life that, that lived the life before me. Can I tell you it's one thing to live it inside these four walls, Brother Howe, but it's a whole different thing to live it outside. Amen. Can I tell you that's where it matters. Can I tell you, Sister Jane, anybody can dress up and look the part. Amen. Hollywood's full of all that. Amen. But what matters is where the rubber meets the road is, is, is when we're out there. Because can I tell you, sometimes all the church they see, Brother Larry, is minding your life. Amen. They may not just walk up and walk into church one day. It might be that, that they watch in our life. And God opened the door for me and you, to Brother Jimmy, to, to share our testimony with them, to tell them how good God's been. But it's kind of hard to do that if they've just seen us show ourselves unseemly. Can I tell you, there's a war. Paul said there was a war in our members. Amen. I don't know about y'all, but I fought that war. Amen. I thought of how I called Brother Jerry. Him and I had talked one time about, I don't think I got the story right, his great-grandfather pastored the church, and he was telling me about how that on, on some of those Sundays they'd have dinner on the ground and said at some juncture that his great-grandfather would say, all right, now it's time to get back into church, and they might go on and just have church for a couple, two or three more hours. And, you know, when I hear that, Sister Michelle, my old, the spirit man inside of me says, man, I want some of that. I want some more of that. But then that old flesh rises up to me and just says, you just ain't got enough time. Now, I know that don't happen to y'all, but I'm just telling you about little Wayne. 
I mean, can I tell you, my inner man says, I need more of that, Brother Mike, but my outward man says, no, no, you, but my point is, it's going to, somebody's going to have to put those shoes on and make this thing happen. We got to quit. You know, the preacher wrote in Proverbs, said the slugger would say, there's a line in the way. Have you ever woke up and not even looked out the window and said, there's a line in the way, Sister Kathy? Because can I tell you, it's easier to lay in bed and make an excuse and say, there's a line in the way. I just can't go do, God, what you would have me to do. But can I tell you that George Jones ain't got a, he ain't got the hook on this line. Can I tell you, we've got some shoes ourselves in this apostolic Pentecostal walk that we need to feel. That men and women before us have walked this way. They've kept the truth. They've not denied. They've not turned back. They kept it and they made the landing safely, Sister Susan. I don't care what the devil says if we'll keep our eyes on Jesus if we'll let him be the head and we'll we'll do the following sister Danielle we can make the landing safely because can I tell you seeing wherefore we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness when you pick up the, the book and start reading in generations it don't I mean in Genesis it don't take very long to see some people that's made this thing. I often wonder, Sister Donna, if, if, if it be that they could come back, do you reckon Peter and Paul and James and John would feel sorry for us with all that God's allowed us to have, Brother Larry? All the opportunities that you and I have? Most anybody that's sitting in the house tonight, if you decided you want to take off and go on a, a thousand mile trip this Saturday, you probably could make that happen. But in Bible times, it's a land of that would take a long time to cover that much space. But can I tell you, there's people in the Bible that, that made that journey. Sister Sherry, when it was a difficult journey, they made that walk because they, they had a love for God. Church, I want that love for God. Sister Peggy, I want that love for God. I want to have that compassion about people slipping off and dying and going to the lake of fire. Amen. I, I, I want to feel that burden inside of me that, that, Wayne, you need to get your priorities right. There's some folks that's walked this thing, Brother Kenny. You need to get in behind them, and you need to walk this walk. Because I don't know about you, church, but, but, but I want to hear him say, well done. I, 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 I want my stuff left behind here, but I want my works to follow me to him. Sister Melinda, I've often thought about, have you ever thought about what people would say about you when you pass away? Amen? I mean, you know, they'll probably get somebody to hold the microphone and say some good things over you, but I mean, when they ain't doing that for you, Sister Sherry. But don't you want them to say, you know what, this or that about it, but they love Jesus. They love Jesus. Can I tell you that when you've seen them, they may not always been, but you could, you could see it in their demeanor that they love Jesus. So, so here I'm going to go ahead and get on and get moving here. George said in his song, he said, who's going to fill their shoes? Who's going to stand that tall? But this is where I really want to get to. He said, who's going to give their heart and soul to get to me and you? Lord, I wonder who's going to fill their shoes. So, Brother Kenny, if you just think about it, we'll just call it the hook in that song. Who's going to give their heart and soul to get to me and you. So tonight, the challenge, Brother Wayne, is are you and I willing to give our heart and our soul 
to the Lord and to the building of his kingdom and to the ministry to his saints. Amen? Because can I tell you, church, George is saying if you're going to be successful in this business, talking about the singing business, Brother Larry, you got to get all in. You can't get into your ankles. You can't get into your knees or to your chest. You got to get head. You got to swim in this thing. Can I tell you, we've got people in the Bible that just turned around. There was a man called Abraham. God told him he needed to leave, and the Bible said that he got up and left. There's people that just said, you know what, I'm going to go against what, what society says I'm going to do, and I'm going to put God first, and I'm going to put my confidence in God. Because can I tell you, this world is trying to shape mine and your mind the way we should think and how we should act and how we should react. But Brother Larry hit the nail on the head Sunday morning when he said, we just need to stay in the B-I-B-L-E. Because Brother Everett, I've read the back of the book, we winners. Can I tell you? Can I tell you, if, if, we'll, if we'll fill these shoes that men and women of God before us, Brother Brian, has walked this walk and made the landing safely. Don't believe what the devil tells you, that, that this is a hard saying and who can hear it. That's a lie. Well, because you and I know people personally that made this walk. Because greater is he that's in me and you. Come on now, church. You know, the great thing about the devil is he can only huff and puff, Brother Mike. Because, Brother Larry, if he could kill us, he'd already be killed us. Amen. Well, Jack, ain't you thankful we got a God that can protect us? Aren't you thankful that nothing comes to mind in your house, Brother Wayne, except it goes through his hand? Aren't you thankful for men and, God, men and women of God that you and I know that's endured the hardness as a good soldier, that's went through some terrible, terrible things, but when they come through them, Brother Allen, they gave all glory and honor and praise to God? Aren't you thankful for that? Because can I tell you, church, if, if you really... If you really want to get into this and you really want to be a soul winner, can I tell you, Brother Darrell, it's going to cost you something. But can I back up and tell you something else? Brother Howell, if you want to be a successful air-conditioned man, it's going to cost you something to be a successful businessman. Amen, church. So if, if we're going to put all our effort, Brother JT, in doing something in the world or whatever, we got to put ex at least that much or more in serving God. Brother Kenny, we got a great retirement plan. We need to be telling people about our retirement plan. I, I met a gentleman, and I won't call his name, some weeks ago, and, and I was just floored by this gentleman. He was just the nicest fella. Brother Jerry, that I mean, he, man, he was one of those kind of guys. If if you met around a campfire, you just—I'm one of those guys. Just keep him talking, Brother Larry. Just like I could talk to him, you know, keep him up. But he said something very interesting to me. He said, "You know, when hunting season comes, he said I like to hunt." And he said, "When hunting season comes, now little Wayne can't understand this, Brother Mike, but maybe somebody might can." But he said, "When hunting season comes, he said I start hunting the first day I can start, and that's bow season, I guess." And he says, when I hunt in Florida a little while, I'll go to Georgia and hunt there a little while. And I'll hunt in Alabama some, and then I'll go up in Kentucky and hunt in Kentucky. But I'm going to do all I'm going to do. I'm just going to hunt. He said, I've quit more than one job just to go hunting. <laughs> now, I'm just telling you, Sister Shannon, Little Wayne's world, that just don't work. 
You know, I thought honey might stand up and say, amen, brother, go ahead and preach it. But she didn't say nothing. You know, I might have even got me a hunting license and started hunting, but she didn't amen that. I said, I guess I'll keep working. But you know, Sister Chelsea, here's my point. As crazy as that sounds to me, because all I know to do, Brother Jerry, is just to work. Somebody wrote in a book somewhere and said, a man that don't work, don't eat. And if he don't provide for his family, he's worse than an infidel. Now, I don't know about y'all, but Lil Wayne likes to eat. Amen. Sorry, Brother Jack, I got those scriptures. You know what I'm saying? But my point is, is this, Brother Allen, this man's willing to quit working to go do something that he enjoys doing. Sister Amy, are you and I willing to quit doing what our flesh likes to do to get that dedicated, that heart and soul for Jesus? Instead of just saying, you know what? There's a line in the way. Because see, Sister Kathy, it's easy to just say in church when God's a-moving and you feel the Spirit, God, I really want to do something. But Sister Melinda, it's another thing when you're laying in the bed and the devil starts hindering you and you say, you know what, flesh? And if your flesh is like mine, it answers you back. And it says, what, little Wayne? I said, I think I'll just lay here another 30 minutes. Amen? But this gentleman was willing... Brother Mike, to just forget his job, walk off from his job, and go hunting. You know, Brother Everett asked a question the other day. It's been a month or two ago now, and, and when he was doing Sunday's lesson, he said, if the Lord told you to, to, to pack up and leave, what would you tell your wife when she got home? Now, Brother Jerry, I've really thought about that. And, you know, we read these stories about, and we're going to get to this in a hurry, but, but, but we read about men and women of God, Brother Jack, that just walked off and left everything because God told them to go. Now, Brother Larry, you read those stories and you get really excited that these men and women just really followed. You know, when you think about what Rahab did for her family, knowing if she'd have got caught, she'd have got killed. But are we willing to give our heart and soul for what we say we love? Are we willing to put on these shoes, Sister Mary, and walk this walk? A preacher that I listened to on the radio makes this statement about Hebrews chapter 11. He said, people that changed the world for Jesus was people that the world could not change. People that changed the world for Jesus was people that the world could not change. Because can I tell you, if we'll get our eyes on Jesus and get our eyes off of our stuff and ourself, amen, we'll understand that the reason we're here, Brother JT, is to be about our Father's business. Because he said if we'd put him first, all these necessary things would be added unto us. And I believe, Brother Brother Chris, and I'm sitting in a house full of witnesses that would say amen to that, that the God that you and I serve has far exceeded our expectations. I'm willing to say that. I think if we all sat down with a pencil and a paper and put all that the devil done for us when we was out in the world and all the great benefits that we've served since we've got since serving God, Brother Hal, I don't think it's even close. And Brother Chava, this ain't even the best part yet. 
We're going to a place called heaven to spend eternity with Jesus. Can I tell you, you know, I don't know about y'all, but it's hard for me to wrap my mind around that. I thought about how that somebody wrote one time talking about Hebrews chapter 12 and 1. He said, could it be not witnessing us as we conduct our lives? Instead, they are a witness to us of faith and endurance in all they have lived and experienced. Because, you know, we read the stories about Abraham and Sarah and Joseph in the great chapter 11 of Hebrews. We read about Moses and Rahab and Gideon. And we all love the story about the giant killer, a man called David. But I just wonder, have you ever thought about where Hebrews 11, 36, and 38 reads like this? And it just starts off with just two words, and it says, and others. Brother Kenny, it didn't mention, it didn't mention no names here. But it said, and others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings and, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonments. Now, that don't sound real exciting. Amen? Now, when you read about, about David killing the giant, Sister Chelsea, that sounds real exciting. Verse 37 said, they were stoned, they were sawed asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword, and they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. Of, the, of whom the world was not worthy, they wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves and of the earth. Brother Larry, if you just stop the story right there, you'd think, man, but can I tell you, even in that tough time, Sister Mary, God took care of them. Aren't you thankful when you read the Bible and you understand that if we get stoned for the name of Jesus, Brother Brian, we just go into a better place. I remember I was reading today about a man called Stephen that was stoned. They, they drug, at first they bid on him, drug him outside the city. And while they were stoning him, Sister Sherry, he, he just said the most amazing thing. He said, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. Brother Jerry, help me to get, help me to be able to put my feet in those kind of shoes. When somebody kills me with their words, help me to say, God, forgive them. Lay this not to their charge. Because can I tell you, God's able. He said in, in Galatians 6 and 9, he said, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Aren't you thankful for a God that can keep us? Just, it don't matter what, Sister Peggy, what might walk into our life. God can keep us through each and every one of those. John 16 and 33 said, These things have I spoken unto you, Jesus speaking, that, ye, that in me ye might have peace. He said, In the world you shall have tribulation. But he didn't leave us there, Brother Larry. He said, But be of good cheer. He said, I have overcome the world. Brother Chuck, it don't matter what you and I might come up against. God's already gave us a promise in his book. He says, these things have I spoken unto you that ye might have peace. Why is that, Brother Jack? Because he's the prince of peace. He said, in the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. 
I thought about how that this man called Noah, and I know we all know the story about Noah, so I won't be here very long. But I just want to remind you in Genesis 6, 5 through 9, because I don't know about y'all, but, you know, Sister Jane, there's, you know, since we started the work in Chiefland, the devil just talks sometimes, you know. That's what he does. But somebody wrote in the book that he's a liar and a father of all lies. And I'm thankful for that, Brother Kenny. But, you know, the devil's told me that, that you can't build a church if you really put God first. Well, Brother Kenny, I look around and see a bunch of big churches and people successfully serving God. You know, it's easy to take Elijah's mentality, Brother Wayne, and just say, you know, it's just me, God. I'm all that's left here. You know, I'm the only one that loves you. I'm the only one doing anything for you, Sister Chelsea. But the Lord had to get Elijah back in line. He said, look at here, buddy. He said, I've got 7,000 and ain't been the need of bail. Amen? But it's easy for the devil to get, you get despondent and get discouraged, Sister Sherry. It's easy to look around and the devil tell you, Sister Sherry, ain't nobody living this thing like you living it. But can I tell you, we got some shoes that we can put our feet in that said, you know what? I lived through this thing. If you keep Jesus first in your life, God will take you through it too, Brother Jimmy. But see, the devil understands if he can convince us that there's a line in the way, Brother Danny, that's where we'll stay at. Because see, oh, Brother Jack, you and I can't save nobody. All we can do is tell them what God's done for us and let them see Jesus, Brother Hal, in mind in your life. Brother Orlando, ain't you thankful that God's still in the saving business? Aren't you thankful that it's up to God who gets saved or not? Amen. Brother Kitty, because if it was left up to little Wayne, I'd have it all messed up. I'd be like those disciples that said, Jesus, would you like for us to call fire down from heaven? You know, like Elijah did. That's a little Wayne's attitude sometimes, Sister Donna. But can I tell you, Jesus turned to him and said, Hey, you don't know what spirit you of. See, Sister Jen, it's easy to get in that spirit, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But Sister Mary, Jesus said that we've gotten that spirit to turn the other cheek, love thy neighbors ourselves. But so when you start thinking, that, man, you got it tougher than anybody, let me just remind you the day that Noah lived in. He, in verse uh, Genesis 6, 5 through 9, said, And God saw that the wickedness of men was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That's a good place to say amen. We could say that's a good place to say that's where America's at today and where the world's at today. And verse 6 said, and think about this now, and it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But verse 8, I love. Just two words there, Brother Jack. It said, but Noah. Brother Kenny, sounds like Noah made it through this tough spot. It said, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And it, verse 9 said, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man, a perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. Brother Jerry, in a time that the, the Lord said himself, it repented the Lord that he had made man on earth and it grieved him in his heart. 
said, in their thoughts and their hearts was evil continually, only. But verse 8 said, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Sister Lana, that tells me that in any place that we get ourselves, God can keep. 2 Timothy 1 and 12 says, For the which cause, Paul writing, said, I also suffer these things. He said, Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And he said, I am persuaded. Church, say persuaded. persuaded. Are you persuaded tonight? Are you persuaded, as I read on, that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day? See, Sister Don, if we'll get persuaded, in our love for Jesus. It don't matter, Sister Shannon, what the devil huffs and puffs and blows our way. Because once you get your mind made up, once you get persuaded that he is able to keep what you've committed to him against that day. Sister Michelle, it don't matter how much the devil huffs and puffs. Amen. When you get a, my mama used to say, she said, when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, you'll do something about it. That's old, but it's still good. Amen. Because here's the thing, Sister Chelsea, God's made a way of escape through every temptation that you and I get into. Aren't you thankful for the Holy Ghost? Can I tell you that you will walk up on nothing the devil throws your way, Sister Jane, that God ain't got for you to get out of it. He'll never put you in a position to fail if you got your eyes on him. Let me tell you what Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 37 and 39. He said, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating, drinking, married, and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So when you look around and you see all this craziness going on, Sister Danielle, the Lord told us this was going to happen. But the best part that I get out of this, Sister Susan, was that Noah lived in this same environment Come on now, and made it, was successful. So don't let the devil tell you that you're living in a more difficult time than anybody else that's ever walked this path because he'll tell you that to try to get you discouraged and get you off course. But can I tell you, if we'll keep our eyes single on Jesus, we'll make this landing safely, church. Can I tell you that in Hebrews 11 and 7, and I, this, this is one of the most powerful scriptures in my mind. Now, we understand that somewhere between 100 and 120 years it took Noah to prepare this ark. Verse 7 of Hebrews 11 said, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear. Now, Brother Larry, that makes me kind of think that every day Noah just kind of felt like this could be the day. He said, you know what? I got to get up and be about my father's business, Brother Wayne. He was moving in a realm that he knew nothing about, if I can put it that way. Well, Sister Sherry, he had never seen rain neither. He was preaching and teaching and talking to people, trying to maybe encourage them to come help me work on this boat. 
he was talking about something, Sister Amy, that he really didn't know anything about because the Bible said during that time that the, the water would just come up out of the bottom of the earth, says Carolyn. So that's where they got their water. But Brother JT, Noah was talking about something that he didn't even see himself, but he believed God. He had faith in God. What God said, God was going to make it come to pass. See, Sister Brittany, it's not a hard sell when you tell people about how good God's been to you because that's your personal testimony. And can't nobody tell your testimony like you can tell your testimony. Nobody knows where you come from like you know where you come from. Can I tell you, if Noah, Noah was living in the same time, Sister Chelsea, that you and I are living in today, the same environment, by faith, Noah being warned of God of things not as yet moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Think about that. Well, Jerry, I, I think Noah went in with this thing and he said, maybe I might not get a convert, but I got to get my house saved. I may not have 50 people helping me here when this thing's all said and done, but I got to get my house saved. He moved with fear. But Brian, he, 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 he was so concerned. I wonder how many people walked by and said, "There's." because here's the thing, church, you don't think that you'll get sidetracked. Let, say, let somebody say something about you. You invite somebody to church and they just look you in eyeball to eyeball and say, I ain't got time for that. Well, I think you're crazy. I, I don't believe in like you believe it. I work with a guy that thinks that, you know, if he can work church in it before he needs to go get on his motorcycle and go riding Brother Mike, that's what he does. He said if he can't find a church to work that in, he'll just go, he just won't go to church. He said, I'd rather just go to the beach and watch the sun come up and just thank God there. So my point is, Sister Shannon, you can hear most anything. But when somebody just tells you about something that you love so much and hurts your feelings, it may intimidate you to say anything to anybody else. But when you're moving in fear and you're preparing an ark that your house might be saved, I wonder how many times that Noah invited somebody and, and, and they said, you know, I think I want to help you. I believe what you're saying. Five years down the road, Sister Sherry, they say, I ain't so sure about this thing, Noah. Now, you run around telling us it's going to rain and, and we're going to need we're gonna need some kind of safety, but I don't see nothing, Noah. See, sometimes people, when we tell them that, that, that God's a healer and God's a deliverer, since they ain't experienced that, they don't, they don't understand that, Sister Danielle. But can I tell you, folks like you and I that's put those shoes on and God's been a healer and God's been a deliverer, we understand what Noah was talking about. You know, in the world that we live in, Brother Everett, uh, numbers mean something in our lives. But this is what 1 Peter 3 and 20 said, talking about the Lord, which sometimes were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein church say few, that is eight souls, were saved by water. So the land when it was all said and done, Noah looked back down his career. He could count on eight souls. But can I tell you, the Bible said in Hebrews 11 and 7, he moved with fear, preparing an ark to the saving of his house. If I can get you to stand.
So the question tonight, church, is who's going to give their heart and soul to get to me and you? He went on to say, Lord, I wonder who's going to fill their shoes. I heard a minister the other morning I was listening to him preaching. He was being very honest, Brother Jerry, and I, I was just really moved by his honesty. He said, you know, the first church I got, he said, uh, we went there with high expectations, Brother Danny. He said, I just, I just knew we was just going to blow out the walls, and man, we was just going to have revival after revival after revival. He said, I know God sent me there, and we was just... He said, but he said that first two or three years, we knocked on doors, gave Bible studies, done this, got outreach, did whatever we could. Said they'd come a little while, Brother Jerry, they'd leave. We'd have Bible studies, and they'd just quit coming. He said, I just told the Lord. He said, Lord, I just don't deserve this. He said, I deserve a bigger church and a bigger crowd. He said, I, I just deserve better than this. Brother Wayne said he, he said he finally come to the conclusion the problem was not anybody else but him. Because he had it all mixed up, Brother Kenny. He thought church and church growth was all on him. He was the reason. He said, once I got my attitude right, God started adding to the church daily such as should be saved. And he said, we really started growing then. And we really started having revival. And we started just pouring out. And he said, I can tell you, by the grace of God, he said, the church is still growing strong today. See, Brother Kenny, he, he thought it was all about him. But all God needed was somebody to work through and be a willing vessel. As pastor would say, that somebody that opened up their availability. So one more time, I just want to ask you, who's going to give their heart and soul to get to me and you. Lord, I wonder who's going to fill those shoes. Join us as we worship in closing. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.